You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live. We're going to let it breathe just for a moment before we get this party started. But got to bring on Facebook real quick and then we will get things moving. And we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, triumphantly returned from his long weekend, Zach Kelberman. Zach, how was your getaway? And it's great to have you back. I appreciate it. Yeah, I went down to Florida. I saw my brother, his girlfriend, some family, just hung out for a few days. It's like, I, I don't like super long vacations. I don't like living out of suitcases. So three days was suiting me just fine. I got some color, which should be pleasant for the viewers out there watching me. But it was nice to get away and turned out. The problem is, though, like I explained before the podcast, was I'm in that kind of post-vacation haze where I don't want to get back to work and I kind of want to just keep kicking back. But I am glad to see you. I am glad to see John. I'm glad to see all the Huddle Up Pod, you know, viewers. It's weird though. I come, I leave for three days. I come back, Chad, you're in a different location. I'm verified on Twitter. What is happening with the world? These are end times. Yeah, things are moving. Things are a changing and it's, it's good. Change can be good. It's not always good, but it can be good, especially if you lean into it. But Zach, there's a, there's a lot to talk about today. Um, first and foremost, though, we want to be able to get to uh, what Von Miller had to say, both about Aaron Rodgers and, of course, about kind of putting a number on how long he plans on continuing to play in the league. But I would be remiss, and this show would be remiss, for us to move any farther into tonight's program without remembering, just for a moment, legendary Denver Broncos offensive line coach Alex Gibbs, and who passed away today at the age of 80. He was a lot older than I realized in my mind's eye. But guys, just real quick, this is a fellow we actually referenced on Thursday night's pod, Zach, while you were away. John holding it down. And by the way, John, uh, props to Buona Beast, did a great job uh, in in Zach's stead. But we talked about Alex Gibbs and how he really kind of helped revolutionize NFL rushing attacks that for the most part up until the mid-90s were very power gap oriented, right? And, you know, you had some option offenses in college. And if you go way back into the NFL, there's there was all manner of option-oriented offenses. But Alex Gibbs is the guy. See, Mike Shanahan gets a lot of credit. In fact, most of the credit in the minds of the media and, and the casual fan for all those thousand yard rushers the Broncos cranked out from the, you know, from 1995 through 2008. And as much as Mike does deserve credit for that, because the scheme and the X's and O's, that comes back to Mike and procuring the talent, Zach. But the brainchild behind that zone blocking scheme, he wasn't the creator of it, but he's the guy that really ended up pioneering it in the NFL was Alex Gibbs. So tribute to Alex. Without Alex, you probably don't end up winning back-to-back Super Bowls if you're the Denver Broncos. And Zach, the other aspect of it is without Alex Gibbs, you know, Terrell Davis probably doesn't end up as a 2,000-yard rusher. Right. He probably doesn't end up in the Hall of Fame later on. So, you know, uh, prayers up to the Gibbs family. Hats off to Alex's career and his impact. Legendary NFL coach. Yeah, you know, first off, I want to say thoughts and prayers to the Gibbs family, his his, his friends, his 
former teammates around the league and his former confidants and coworkers. And second of all, it just shows you in unfortunate times and unfortunate circumstances how illustrious the Broncos franchise was. Just another legendary name added to the the franchise mantle. This is a guy who, like you said, is the pioneer of the outside zone. And if you play fantasy football, if if you've been involved in that going back 20 years or so, you can thank Alex Gibbs if you won championships because fantasy is leaned on the ground game if you have good running backs. And so many good running backs found their way in the NFL during Gibbs' era running in the outside zone. So he was a Broncos legend. He'll always be a Broncos legend. He'll always be an NFL legend, like you say right there, and the NFL, because it's true. Uh, 80 is still too young. I would have, of course, loved for him to live a little longer. It's, it's sad. It's unfortunate. It's tragic. But we'll always remember him for what he was, and that's a pioneer for the sport. We learned through some intrepid reporting on the part of KUSA's Mike Kliss that the Greek, who is the longtime trainer and medical head of the Denver Broncos, who himself just recently retired, that he had been making a he had made at least one trip down to visit Alex Gibbs in the recent weeks because <clears throat> Alex had unfortunately suffered a stroke. And so as he was kind of reeling from that and the family was trying to, you know, help him recover or figure out what comes next, Greek and different Broncos figures went down to to see Alex. So he did get a send-off of sorts from his colleagues and friends uh, with the, the Broncos organization, but this is a guy that I think should be uh, lionized in the hearts of Broncos country because he, you know, there were a lot of critical components, just like in any championship roster. You know, there are all these little pieces that if you take one away, it's like Jenga, right? It can, the, the house of cards comes crumbling down. And Alex Gibbs, though, he was one of those key pivotal cornerstone you know, factors to the Denver Broncos success, not just those world championships, but Mike Shanahan having that 14 year reign as a head coach of the Denver Broncos, Alex Gibbs. And, you know, Zach, there's some really cool YouTube videos that fans can go and search out that I've watched over and over again, trying to learn about outside zone, trying to learn about Gibbs's coaching and, and um, tactical and technical uh, coaching and acumen that have him up on a whiteboard, like going through the different stretch and zone concepts and just really good stuff. This man was an innovator and you took what was the, you know, kind of short, they called it the long handoff, the Bill Walsh kind of horizontal passing game that was pioneered in San Francisco, Joe Montana, Steve Young. And then Mike Shanahan got inoculated to that when he ended up uh, crossing pass with Bill Walsh was the offensive coordinator of that Niners team that won with, with uh, Steve Young won the Super Bowl. And then took that, came to Denver, wove it together with Alex Gibbs's rushing and blocking philosophy, and what did you get? An absolute juggernaut, Denver Broncos. Yeah, I want to just uh, cite this comment I saw from Travis Weber here. Good evening, guys. RIP Alex Gibbs was the best offensive line coach. And here's the important part Weber says. The offensive line is the key to what makes the offense go. They need to be given more credit than they are given. And this is kind of – it's the starting point. what I wanted to say. It might be a hot take. Tell me if you disagree, Chad. Without Alex Gibbs, do you get Mike Shanahan for what he was with the Broncos? I mean, it's a fair question to, to I- posit – Absolutely, it is. You know, I think, you know, if we're if we're playing, um, if we're going to go back in time and, and look at that retrospective, I think Mike still would have found a, a serious modicum of success of because he had John, right? He had John right. Elway. But without Alex Gibbs, man, it's just like Peyton Manning. You had that big football brain in 2015, 
But do you go the distance without the defense? Probably not. You needed both. And I think in Mike's case, he needed Alex Gibbs to truly unlock the potential of not only Elway, but really what that team had personnel-wise and his own X's and O's philosophy. What I also wanted to add, because you made a really good Jenga uh, analogy there, if it was a big stack of Jenga blocks, everyone always focuses on the last block, the top block, the remaining block, what have you. That would be Mike Shanahan. That would be John Elway. That would be Terrell Davis. No one talks about the bottom of the Jenga blocks, the the first block, the foundational block. And that's what I think you can call Alex Gibbs for the Broncos in that illustrious era where they won championships. They were making the playoffs. They were uh, the premier NFL team. I don't, I don't think without Alex Gibbs' knowledge and his ability and his passion and his way of firing Broncos players up, they would have attained that level of success without him. Agreed. A couple quick things I want to touch on. Thomas Hall just published an article. Uh, this is why we were delayed. We wanted to get this out there before we went live so that there's some, something for fans to really sink their teeth into here on Alex Gibbs. But there is just a really insightful, interesting look back at Alex Gibbs' impact on not just the Denver Broncos, but the entire NFL. I mean, you can go through and list a who's who of NFL clubs that are juggernauts right now. And I'm thinking, I mean, just think of the Niners and Kyle Shanahan. Think of Sean McVay and the L.A. Rams. That's just scratching the surface of the modern offensive coaches who are utilizing Alex Gibbs' philosophies to great, great effect in the NFL. So, uh, real quick, Gibbs was the first to introduce – all right, let me actually back this up. Gibbs is often given credit for inventing the zone-blocking scheme, as it is often referred to, but this is not entirely correct. The ZBS has roots dating back to the late 40s and 50s, and Gibbs got a taste for its concepts when studying the Cincinnati Bengals in the 1980s. He was the first to introduce the wide zone run as a staple in the offense, which propelled the zone-blocking scheme – into a juggernaut for the Broncos in the late 90s. Gibbs' concepts consisted of many things, but most notably, offensive linemen were not required to attack downfield with power. They moved laterally to, for lack of better words, get in the way of defenders and get them moving laterally. Thus, the scheme required, and Broncos fans will remember this from the Shanahan years, smaller, more athletic linemen, which was not the norm in the NFL. So go read this article from Thomas Holland again, RIP to Alex Gibbs, who is and, and thoughts and prayers to his family, a legendary figure in the NFL. Yeah, and it's always a nice write-up, as Peter Middleton says there. Uh, Thomas does a really great job. And like we were talking about, Chad, his knowledge of the NFL, of the Denver Broncos, is so vast, is so expansive. So anytime he publishes something, I highly recommend checking it out. And unfortunately, it comes in the circumstance of a co- of, you know former coach's passing. But uh, great piece, and RIP Alex Gibbs. All right, guys, lots to get to. Vaughn, talking to Mike Kliss, had some really interesting things to say. We're going to get to all that here in a moment. Your topics, your questions, your super chats. We do appreciate you guys. We're going to give away some T-shirts to our super chat superstars tonight. So get them in early, and we will be sure to thank you in kind. But real quick, matters of business, make sure you are following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, the main account, at Huddle, our great producer, and fill-in host, John Cronenberg, a.k.a. Bona Beast on Twitter, though, at John KMHH, my partner in crime here, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. Make sure you follow the Huddle Up podcast on Facebook. Either open up the app and search Huddle Up Pod on your phone or 
navigate facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod like and follow that automatically enters you into our weekly randomly selected giveaways raffles t-shirts hats things like that also kindly consider becoming a supporter of mile high huddle on facebook big blue button at the top of our page you'll know you're in the right place you'll see the mhh uh, logos si and you'll see the big blue button that says become a supporter it's five bucks a month that gets you access to our vip premium video and podcast content, which includes Kelberman's Corner, Sundays, Noon Mountain Time, The Trickle Zone, Saturdays, Noon Mountain Time, and then our newest shows with yours truly, which is Broncos Book Club. For now, it's going to continue to be Saturdays at uh, 2 p.m. Mountain Time, guys. That gets you access to that. Another great way to support what we're doing. Check out the Huddle Up Pod merch store. Get your swag on. Get a hat. Get a tea. A little something, something. And if you're not in a position to do those things, hey, it's all good. We're just tickled and thrilled to have you with us. Make sure you are subscribed and kindly give us a like, especially if you are on YouTube or Facebook. And hey, if you think we're doing a good job for you, share this video out there and help us continue to grow. And we are growing exponentially and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. All right, Zach, Von Miller, we'll talk about what he had to say about Aaron Rodgers and Drew and Teddy and all that stuff here in a minute. But I know you're working on a story for us on this very topic. Tell everybody what Vaughn had to say to Mike Kliss about his prospective future and how long he plans to stay in the National Football League. Well, I'm going to give you a sneak peek of that article that I'll, we will have pubbed up tonight or early tomorrow morning latest. He has about as far as he's been since holding a Lombardi trophy left in the NFL. That's his remaining lifespan, according to Vaughn Miller. He told Mike Kliss yesterday at some uh, softball or charity, what have you, that he has five to seven years left in the NFL before he can see himself bowing out. He says he has a son now. He says he wants to do it the right way, and he's putting it in God's hands. He's 32 years old, so seven years would put him near 40. I think that's the shelf life for a really good edge rusher in the NFL. And even at 37, though, if he's played five more years, I think he can still be productive. It's a position that has longevity, but he sees what he wants to do, I think, He's entering a contract year, and he knows he's in an audition for the entire league, not just in Denver. He wants to score a second contract in those five to seven years. He has one good payday left, one Von Miller-level payday left, and he wants to score it uh, before he ends up bowing out of the sport. You know, his good buddy and idol, Demarcus Ware, what did he play to? I want to say he was 32. I'm going to look at that real quick. Demarcus Ware. I thought he was like 34. You might be right, dude. You might be right. Let's take a quick look. So he was born in uh, July of 82, and he retired, of course, following the 2016 season. So, yeah, you were right. You know, he was almost 34, 33 going on 34. So that's not too far away from where Vaughn is right now, Zach. And if he yeah. wants to – if his body allows him to play beyond that, it sounds like he, he plans on it. And as far as his future with the Broncos, hey – He'll have an open-ended ticket. He'll be able to continue writing his own checks as a Bronco, provided the production comes out in the wash. And that's the, you know, that's the rub. Exactly. But you have to wonder, as I just did, is he in these comments trying to overcompensate psychologically, mentally coming off the season-ending ankle injury? And now that's two major season-ending injuries on Von Miller's resume. I don't think DeMarcus Ware had that in his career. He was nicked up here and there, but I can't recall him ever going down with a super major injury, at least more than once. So Vaughn 
Preferably, yeah, he wants to play till he's near 40, but if he has another ankle, another knee, that's going to cut short what remaining lifespan he already has. But it's good to see he's in the right headspace. It's good to see that he's a family man now with a, with a son and, you know, doing it the right way and leaving it like he said in God's hands. Ultimately, it's out of his control, you know, somewhat, and he wants to see where he can go in Denver and potentially elsewhere. I can't wait to see what he has in store for Broncos fans this year because I just have a feeling, man, he's going to have a – quintessential Von Miller type of season because he was in just such tip-top peak shape last year. He had a beast of an offseason because he was already motivated. This was before he suffered the injury. He was already motivated because he had had, quote-unquote, a down year in 2019 where for the first time in his NFL career, he had failed to reach double-digit sacks despite having appeared in or started double-digit games. That's the first time ever. Now, 2013, he did not get to double-digit sacks, but he only appeared in, I think it was five games, or was it seven? I can't remember exactly, but it was definitely less than 10, Zach. And every other year he's been in the league besides 2019, he has started you know, more than uh, double-digit games, and he's gotten to double-digit sacks. So he was already motivated because people were saying, oh, Vaughn's losing a step had himself poised for a big year, suffers the injury. Now he's doubly motivated. So I think some big things are on tap for Broncos fans this year when Vaughn takes the field. I am right there with you. And I think realistically the floor in a Vaughn Miller full season in 2021 opposite Bradley Chubb, Vic Fangio defense. We finally see Batman and Robin together. God willing, knock on wood for an entire season. How do you not predict anything? Still at Von Miller at 32 at anything less than 12, 13 sacks. That's what I think we're in for. Maybe higher than that, depending on how the rest of the defense does. But regardless, he's going to get pressure. He's going to stop the run. He's going to be the Von Miller presence they need in all ways, not just in production, but in inspiration, locker room-wise, community-wise. He is still the fabric of the Denver Broncos. He is still the franchise player. And I think his ability and his effort is going to reflect that this coming fall. All right, let me see, John. What do we have in uh, any topics people want to get to? Let's grab Michaela real quick here. Love you, Michaela. The Duchess has uh, once again made her presence felt on the show. I'm sure she missed Zach being in the opposite host chair. She says, just wanted to shout out Beast, John. He is the gear of the show. He is the... You know, he's like, like the gear, the gear shift. The if you're thinking about like a clock or one of those old engines, you know, you got the gears and stuff. So, yes, indeed, John is very much a big part of what we do here at MHH Podcast Video Content. John's kind of like the Alex Gibbs. I mean, he's that bottom Jenga block, and I don't say that disparagingly at all. I say that with full. Uh, confidence and i say that with full praise and john i know you're nodding right now you know you know how i'm i'm telling you how it is right now but yeah we we acknowledge all your efforts and we appreciate every single thing you do as i tell you off camera a lot indeed indeed uh ed keating what's up buddy good to see you again two nights in a row with the super chat we do appreciate you my friend he says i hope miller retires a bronco and what's up everyone make sure to hit the like button Thanks, Chad and Zach, Denver Broncos for life. Lock 2021, let them hate, and state of being. That's right. Edward is one of our great superstars that exemplifies that hashtag. Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. And, Ed, you got a T-shirt coming your way, my friend, from last night. So that has been ordered. There's a decent chance you might get it by end of this week. So make sure you send us that profile pic or that selfie, I should say, when you get it. We'll, we'll flex you out on MHH Instagram and, and social media. 
It always tickles me when we have our Mile High supporters, our Huddle of Podcast supporters, you know, giving these supers just for the sake of donating and just for the sake of being supportive. And then on top of that, saying to everyone else, make sure to hit the like button. So doubly supporting and, and getting the word out there. So, Edward, you are one of the best, and we definitely appreciate you. And helping out in the MHH Superfan uh, Facebook group. So appreciate you, my friend. Um, what about, John, do you have Dale? Whoops. Trav, uh, there's Travis. Thanks, Travis. I think we got Travis already. Um, but uh, actually, do you have? Let me see. Let me scroll a little bit here. I think it jumped me on on Dale. So we'll grab Sam real quick. That's okay. We'll grab him. Uh, Sam Bam, what's up, dude? You as well have a T-shirt headed your way. Uh, maybe by the end of the week, you as well should be receiving that. He says, "Greetings, Broncos country. I'll be watching the podcast while watching the home run derby with the sound down. Go Broncos!" Hashtag multitasking. So Sam is not only a bona fide super chat superstar, he can walk and chew gum at the same time. My dog. Hey, it's an honor for real to you're like, yeah, I want to see what's happening in the home run derby, but I got to hear from the football priests. I'll do both. Sam Bam. Thank you so much for your, uh, your super there. Please guys, let me know in the comments. I want to see the home run derby. If we, if we miss it, let me know what Otani does. He's going to hit some bombs out there in cores. I want to see how far he can crack one. By the way, Zeus McPeak in the house. Zeus, that's the first Zeus I have uttered in the new studio. Second, here comes the second, all time. Zeus. Cherry up, broken. Dude? We are having Stu on the show, unless there's some kind of you know crack um, airline flight thing that he might have to jump on. It's possible. This is what this man does for a living. But for now, we are looking forward to having you on the show once again, reprising your role as the first face etch up in the MHH superstar Mount Rushmore. Zeus McPeak, Wednesday night's going to be a gas. Yes, Chad got me there with uh, two Zeus's, uh, <laughs> Zeus calls, but we appreciate you as always, Stu, and I can't wait to talk to you again, man. Looking forward to it. Yeah, that's what we'll call him. We'll call him Zeus calls, right? You know, Zeus calls. That, that's, that, feels, that feels right. Uh, Dale, what's up, brother? He said, and by the way, your T-shirt got stuck in the system. And I saw that last night when I was putting everyone else's through, Dale, and it has now officially gone through. You'll be seeing that hopefully end of week two, if not beginning of next week, because I know you're, you're, you live in the West, so it might be a little bit longer getting to you, but soon. Uh, he says, this is for John. Thank you for stepping in and covering for Zach. Zach, welcome back. No Thank question you. today, just showing support. I'm listening to the best Broncos podcast while playing some PS5 Denver Broncos for life. Very cool, Dale. What are you playing? Tell us in the chat. And that's what I mean. Again, another person just dropping a super and on top of that, doubling down by telling everyone to show support and, you know, being that example. So, Dale, thank you again. And Casey on YouTube wants to know, Zach, if Vaughn is tearing it up at the halfway point of the season, I wonder if the Broncos get something done. <laughs> is five years, 75 million too much? I mean, can oh, I just say, first yeah. of all, it's, it's weird to see a Casey Martin comment or question not centered around Drew Locke or a criticism, but uh, five years, 75, what is that per year, John? 15 million per year, if my math is kind of correct. I, I just, you know what, though? That's kind of market value for a, a, a premium veteran pass rusher in the NFL. Whether the Broncos give a five-year investment, though, to a 32-year-old pass rusher is another question. I think a two-year deal is more in line. Maybe two years, $25 million, most of which would be guaranteed. I don't see, unless he has just a 20-25 sack season, the Broncos extending a five-year offer when he'll be 37 years old. So I think short-term is the way to go with Vaughn, one way or the other. 
Sam Bam again. Thank you for the super chat support, my friend. If Vaughn resigns, oh, he means resigns. See, that's something that we catch in the blogger world, right? You got to put the dash in between. Then how much do you think he would get paid per year? 12 million, something like that. It depends entirely. This is going to be very dissatisfying, Um, but it depends entirely on how he produces this year. Like if Vaughn comes back and gives you a, even a 2018 version of Vaughn, which was 14 and a half sacks, that's a dominant year. That's a Pro Bowl year. That's a second team All Pro year. He's probably getting locked up. Well, we'll see what George does, George Payton, that is. But he'd probably be looking at, from the Broncos, a baseline offer of around 15 million bucks a year. If they were to say, well, we're not sure what he's worth, let's let him test the market. There's probably Zach teams out there that would be willing on the heels of such a season to throw some front loaded money at Vaughn for like a, you know, maybe sign him or offer him a three or four year deal, but it's front loaded. It's basically a two year deal that pushes somewhere between 15 and 20. If he's producing at an elite pass rushing level. Yeah. I don't want to get it to get confused that I don't think Vaughn will resign, but, or, or most of it, him being resigned is, you know, in his control, but the Broncos also have Bradley Chubb's contract situation to figure out as well. And can you invest two premium contracts in the same position after doing that with the secondary this past offseason and after locking down Shelby Harris with the multi-year contract? So that's why I'm saying even if Vaughn has a 20-sack season, can you really go for more than two years? And like I said before, two years, $25 million, let's say 17.5 guaranteed, that's 12.5 per year. I don't think he'll exceed 15, but I think Vaughn on a multi-year deal will get because he's Vaughn Miller and he's still producing. And that's the big uh, caveat here, uh, 12 to 14 million per year. Yeah. So if he doesn't, you know, if he gets under 10 sacks, does he still get paid? Yeah. Someone will still pay him and maybe even the Broncos, but just not that big money. Uh, Travis. And thank you for the stars, Travis. Thank you for the stars, Andrew on Facebook. And of course the legend himself, Gary leads Palmer. Thanks you guys. You are helping us get to our star goal of 500,000, which when we reach that goal on Facebook, we're going to give away some swag, including a Von Miller jersey. So thank you for contributing to that, uh, men. And keep it coming. Keep it coming. We want to get to that 500K. Uh, Andrew, he says, uh, welcome back, Zach. I asked yesterday, but are y'all live streaming the meet and greet? Would love to go, but work is a pain from Andrew Baker. Uh, we do, Zach, plan on doing some content, and we are going to do a live stream pod. At least that's the... Uh, that's the plan, but it, it's a little bit contingent on conditions and things. So that's the plan for now, unless acts of God, you know, take that off the board. Yeah. Or acts of uh, science, but yeah, we're, we're planning on doing something involving all sorts of content, video written, you know, the meet and greet, the actual game, what happens with the jets and, and the Broncos and the week three, uh, matchup there but Andrew we'd love to see you out there if you can make it I understand work comes first but uh, let us know and we'll let you guys know what we have in store content wise as it gets closer Gary is glad you're back Zach hello Broncos country shout out to you Gary um, all right Gary, real quick I mean this sincerely I'm glad to see your name it's been a couple days and it's been too long we appreciate it. you are the Facebook star king I mean that Gary and I mean that complimentary thank you you've got like a I don't know. It's approaching 20 week streak of stars. I see that when we, when we do the uh, VIP streams on the weekend, Gary's streak is Gary leads Ripken, baby. There you go. That's right. All right. So here is Von Miller's 
topic on, uh, or I should say remarks on the topic of Aaron Rodgers. All right. Uh, real quick from Mike Close of Nine News. What have you heard? He was asked about, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who's Zach, in case you missed it, I'm sure you didn't because you're, you're on, more on top of the NFL Newswire than I am. <laughs> I was Rodgers. on my phone more than I care to admit the last couple of days. This I believe, okay, what I know about Zach Kelberman. Uh, but he said, of course, for those of you who missed it, Aaron Rodgers over the weekend that he's going to get back to working out and hopefully have things figured out in the next couple of weeks, which, of course, coincides with when NFL training camps start around the league. Now, setting the stage thus, here's what Miller said in reply to Mike Cliss saying, what have you heard about Aaron? Quote, what have I heard? First and foremost, I'm comfortable with Drew Locke. I'm comfortable with Teddy Bridgewater, GP, talking about George Payton, and John Elway. If A-Rod is out there for us to go and get him, those are the two guys to have on the job, right? Talking Elway and GP uh, can get it done. But then he goes on to say, John Elway, he's done a great job of working the big-time guys before. Peyton, DeMarcus Ware, Akeem Tlaib, all these other guys. So if there is a guy to be had, a.k.a. Aaron Rodgers, GP and John Elway are the two to put it on if it can be done. And then last thing, if it can't be done, I'm comfortable with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. They've impressed the hell out of me and impressed the hell out of everybody during OTA. So I'm super excited for those guys. Another year for Drew Locke. I think this will be the time for him to turn it on. So either way we go, it's looking bright for us. Closed quote. Zach, your thoughts on the notion that, hey, if there's a, do- a deal to be lubed, John and, and George can get her done. <laughs> yeah, um, it's funny that it's Elway's been with Von Miller for almost a decade, and he calls him John Elway, but George Payton's in his first year, and he calls him GP. So you have to wonder if maybe the culture is shifting or Von Miller is a little more friendly with the new boss in Denver. Uh, but I believe he's being honest here. He's comfortable with either Teddy Bridgewater or Locke starting, and don't read into him listing Locke before Teddy Bridgewater. He's just being a good teammate. And and this is the thing about Vaughn. He loves every quarterback. And I'm not saying this as a criticism. I mean, he's a great, great teammate. But he was saying this, you know, he was dancing with Case Keenum. He was dancing with Joe Flacco, winning championships with everyone from Brock Osweiler, the Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon. He loves Broncos quarterbacks. So I would take what Miller says here with a, the tiniest grain of salt. But the bigger point here is that the superstar player for the Broncos, the fabric, believes the two most important people have the capacity and the ability to get a deal done that would forever shift the NFL landscape. And I think that's a good thing for the Broncos. It would definitely be a power shift in the AFC and maybe even the AFC West if Aaron Rodgers were to become a Denver Bronco. I think it would be a, have a similar effect if he were to become a Las Vegas Raider, knock on wood. But that team is not as stacked at the skill positions, offensive line, nor on defense as the Broncos are. So Aaron Rodgers suddenly sporting the orange and blue, that changes things or would change things dramatically. And that's something that, you know, has to be considered. I mean, the Green Bay Packers still up to this point, though, Zach, you know, we used to, when this first came to our attention on April 29th, the night of the first round of the draft, we were like, well, you know, sounds like Aaron Rodgers has some power here. You know, he's going to wield it. This has devolved right back to the Packers. They're the ones that hold the trump card. And they've already kind of called his bluff in terms of, you know, that we've had a few deadlines come and go from, you know, the post-June first cut uh, or post-June first trade um, 
alleviation that would have helped the Packers if they do trade him. Then he chose not to opt out. Packers are forcing this issue down to the wire. I would also wager to say it's, it'd be a power shifter, you know, a landscape shifter for the NFC, getting Rodgers into the AFC and, and removing the, the that from the equation and forcing the Packers to play with Jordan Love. It's a slight downgrade from A-Rod. But, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's coming down to the real deadline or the first real deadline, which is the start of training camp. And for Green Bay, that's July 27th, one day before Denver's. And coincidentally, this past weekend, what did Aaron Rodgers say? He'll figure things out in a couple weeks, right in line with training camp. He doesn't want to accrue fines. He doesn't want to deal with this or that. I think he's putting the onus back in Green Bay's court saying, listen, I understand what's going on right now. I understand um, you want you want me there for the start of the season, for preseason. You want me there for installation, but I can still hold out, and I'm still unhappy, and what are you going to do about it? It's like you said, Chad, right back to square one, essentially. I just I can't help but continue to think, and this is as a guy that you know is as optimistic about Drew as anybody out there on the Bronco media landscape. I just can't help but think that the Packers, if Aaron is truly resolved to trade me or I'm not going to play, you know, you had that report last week, Zach, of the former Packers uh, exec talking about, uh, oh, yeah, they're, they're going to call his bluff and then trade him in 2022. That's cool. Whatever. If that, you know, but you're, you're going to end up yielding back to your club after however many years it's been, 16 years? Is it 16 years he's been a Packer? However long it's been, you're going to yield back to your club significantly less in trade value if you wait till 2022 and he's no longer entering his age 38 season. He's entering his age 39 season after not having played the previous year. Real quick, Andrew Morrow, thank you for the super chat, brother. You the man. He says, shout out to y'all and your continual coverage. Thank you. MHH rules. Hashtag get Rogers. P.S. Please add my name to the fantasy league. Zach, I hope you're taking notes here. We got a lot of guys throwing the hat into the ring. It's funny, Andrew. We just talked about that off air. We We have a running list going right now when we realize it's only July 12th. And fantasy leagues that are legitimate don't really draft until, you know, late August, early September in fear of injuries. But we will have your name down there, Andrew. I don't know if you're saying please add your name to it or please name your fantasy league, but we'll come up with the latter at a, at a later date. But we'll get you in there. Just real quick, guys, anyone, we're considering doing a paid league. So if that sways you, please let us know. But anyone that wants into the league, uh, let us know when John and I will get you down. All right, I want to grab this one here real quick, John, from Jeremy on Facebook. Do you guys respect Manning? Talking about Peyton. And by the way, Jeremy, thank you for watching, and we appreciate the question. Did you guys read that he truly believes Rodgers will not come to Denver and that it would be super bad to get him three weeks before the season? I agree. I think we need to support Drew and Teddy. Uh, Rodgers, jock riders are getting super old now, and it's stupid. What I read from Peyton, maybe I didn't see the whole clip or the whole um, blurb, Zach, was that, he basically said to paraphrase him that it would be a shame if he left green Bay because I view Aaron as a Packer. I don't recall having read anything about the three weeks before the season thing, but maybe I just didn't see the entire deal. Yeah. I, I, it's not in front of me right now, so I can't tell you what it says, but I believe Peyton, it was a quick little reaction, but I believe the the main point was he sees ultimately Rogers returning to green Bay, whether he wants Rogers to return to green Bay is up for debate until we, 
obviously see the clarity of the tweeter asking himself, but I, I think he thinks ultimately he'll stay there because he followed that point up. It wasn't quoted or or, uh, or cited by anyone, but he said that the Broncos have potential with either Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. We got a super chat from another legendary figure, an MHH Mount Rushmore, BG. What's going on, bro? Thank you. You know we love you. Hope you're doing well. Um, also, we got BNS jumping in, another legendary superstar. What's up, bro? Best pod on the planet, boys. By the way, hashtag all pro bowls is elite. Hey, he was sure elite last year. Let's see him do it one more year, and I'm right there with you as saying with with zero compunction, zero misgiving, with authority, Garrett Bowles is elite. And, Zach, I don't know if you caught this. We went through our top five Denver Bronco tackles all time. I included Garrett Bowles on my list. John, did you? I'm trying to remember. You included Garrett Bowles. Yeah, he was number five. Wow. Both of us, both of us included Bowles, number five as our all time on the all time list of top OTs in Broncos history. So BNS, were you eating your heart out in that very moment? <laughs> yeah, that was Nirvana for the Bowles news service and BNS. You know, I say that lovingly. We appreciate all that you do. And yeah, I, I'm right there with you based on what I saw. Not analytics what pro football focus says what these two eyes saw Garrett Bowles was elite last year and what I saw on Twitter a week ago or so was an elite workout from Garrett Bowles who looks locked in and ready to go for the 2021 campaign listen I want the best in the world for him and I think he will be at that level or close to it I just have the slightest I'm 99.9% there on Garrett Bowles that 0.1% that reservation still lingers and just until I see it a little bit this coming year Kevin Carrillo, what's up, buddy? Is it Carrillo or Carrillo? I'm curious. Uh, see if you can hook me on some phonics in the chat and let me know how that's pronunciated. Pronounced. No, I just mixed enunciated and pronounced. How it's pronounced, my friend. I'd be curious to know. But thank you for that super chat, bro. Really does mean a lot. And this is a guy, by the way, Zach. Kevin is a Facebook supporter of MHH. And now here he is dropping some coins, supporting the cause on YouTube. I feel like we've asked him this question like 20 times what his last name is. I think it's Carrillo, if I'm not mistaken. But please, if I'm wrong, Kevin, let us know. But regardless, Kevin, thank you so much for all that you do. I'm going to call you KC from now on. I remember asking him once before. I don't remember if we ever got a definitive answer. Uh, Jeremy, what's up? Black Knight in the house. He says, hey, guys, at the ER, trying to get my sore throat fixed up. Can't stay too long. Well, that sucks, dude. Hopefully it's just like – you know, some strep or something, antibiotic. Yeah. They'll have they'll have you, you know, hale and healthy and no time flat. I used to get tonsillitis like chronically and I'd have to go to the doctor for penicillin or a Z pack, but never the hospital. So, you know, Jeremy, please, you know, let us know how you're doing and you know, my our thoughts are with you. Definitely, my friend. And Zach, have you ever heard of tonsil stones? Yes, and they're disgusting. I didn't know that was a thing until very, very recently. Tonsil yeah. stones. I'm they sorry are- for that. It's like um, – I don't want to get too uh, – They're like calcium deposits almost. They're white. Yes. They're like calcium deposits. They like, smell worse than you can imagine. They, they stink. And it also the reason they stink is a lot of bacteria and stuff in, in the human mouth, and it catches food and things that get in the pockets of the tonsils for some people. Mm, Most people don't get them from what I understand, but some people do get them, and you know, it, they got to stay on top of it or else you end up with the, the halitosis, right? 
Yeah, it seems like Jeremy says he has a sinus infection. I appreciate the welcome back. I had a really bad one uh, about a year ago that knocked me on my my behind for about two weeks. So they do suck. The, the pain and the pressure in your head from them is the worst. It kept me up at night. I hope you get better very soon, Jeremy. Very soon. Boise man in the house. And now I know this man's real name because he has a T-shirt headed his way. And uh, he reached out to provide his deets. And so what's up, buddy? It's good to see you. I won't, be, I won't betray your name. But Boise man... Appreciate you. He said, nice to see you back, Zach. Put Thank me you. down for a spot in the fantasy league. I can't wait Got till you. Rogers rumors are over so that we can move forward. Denver Broncos for life. Appropriate Drew Locke emoji, trio of emojis. Yeah, whether it's a whatever the resolution is, we're with you on that. Like the sooner the better, but it's probably something that at the soonest isn't going to be resolved till yeah. two weeks from now when the camps start. Because remember, guys, the NFL teams and thus players too are governed by deadlines. Usually the position and the negotiation, the two sides do not come together unless dictated by some sort of deadline that they cannot um, get out of, right? At least two weeks. And that's that's why I said the first real deadline in the Roger. Not June 2nd, not July 2nd. He was never opting out of the season. And I don't think he's going to you know sit out the entire year this year. But two weeks is the start of training camp. And even then, though, do the Packers need Rodgers for every training camp practice, for every preseason game? Probably not. You'd like to have him there. Would the Broncos need A-Rod for every training camp practice, every preseason game? Probably not. But, you know, I mean, they would love to have him, but it's not going to be likely. If he's going to be traded, Chad, it's happening sometime before the season. I talked about Darrell Revis on the last podcast that I was on, and that happened days before the season opener. It could maybe linger before the trade deadline in, in before week eight. I don't see him sitting out the entire year, though, nor do I see any action before, at the very minimum, July 27th. By the way, we got a T-shirt to hand out. BNS, by the way, I was so enamored by your comment that I forgot to mention. We're, we got to send a shirt out to you, dude. You've been with us a long, long time, all right? And you just you keep it real. You keep us laughing. You know, you poke fun at us, and then you keep the topics on point. It's great, man. It's really cool. We appreciate what you do for us. So shoot us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail, name, address, T-shirt size. We'll get you a little something-something coming your way. Um, and speaking of superstars, Zach, we have one of the living descendants of Billy the Kid in the house. I don't forget these things, all right? Kane Dawson, what's up, dude? Good to see you. He says, I've missed catching the podcast live, but I'm here for a bit tonight. Hashtag let him hate. Thank you, Kane. Appreciate you, my friend. Gain, you are tr- truly incredible with your continual support. Every single platform, every single show, every single uh, way to go about it. Thank you, sincerely. And BNS, uh, you know, uh, you again as well. If you can make it to the meet and greet in week three, we'd love to have you there. And it's, you know, Chad, like Chad said, it's an underrated aspect what you do and the support. Every single podcast, even if it's to poke fun at my former Bulls criticism, you're still there interacting with us. So we'd love to see you out there if you can make it. The same goes for Najel Toff, who has yep. been a superstar at least a year. I'm trying to think back into my institutional memory and try and remember how long Naj has been with us. But, dude, I hope we get to see a week three in Powerfield at Mile High. It will be hard to miss, all right? You're going to see us in the south of the stadium, all right? Tailgate, big old tent, MHH. We want to see you there, buddy. Appreciate you. He says, hey, brothers, thanks for all your hard work. Thank you. And Naj, hey, as a small thank you, 
we want to send you a t-shirt. So email us, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Address, t-shirt size. Thanks, bro. Naj is another one that's steadily climbed the ranks the last six months or so. And, you know, again, for what you do and, you know, your supers are so valuable to us, Naj, because the little comment that you put with it, whether it's thanking us, whether it's a, a, a genuine question, you're always there every single podcast and it makes the podcast a little better. Amen. All right. We are at 43 minutes and I want to see if there's any topics, guys, that we haven't gotten to today. We might not need to necessarily push this entire episode all the way to one hour. Happy to do it, but we want to. Okay, Travis, still waiting on an email. Oh, okay. All thanks for the reminder, Travis. That's my bad. That's my bad. We'll get that email. Uh, he needs an address where he wants to send us some swag from his uh, the uh, company he works for. Yeah, we will take care of that. Trust. Can't wait um, to rock it too. All right, stand by. I'm just scanning through here, John. I want to see what we got here. Yeah, Jeremy, that sucks, dude, about your throat. Hope you hopefully get feeling better very, very soon. All right, let's grab this one real quick. This is more of like a data dump, but I'm going to read this from Ronan. Or Ronan? Roman. I can't see you. So I'm going to read it from over here. Drew Locke's problems. And there's a little conversation, Zach, going on here in the chat for those listening after the fact. So this is Roman replying to things we've said and also mainly uh, replying to some conversations happening live in the chat. Drew, And by the way, Zach, I saw today – I got an email, Huddle Up Podcast, in the top 200 American football podcasts. To us, that's unbelievable because here we are. We're just this little team, individual team podcast. And for us to be in the top 200 American football podcasts on Apple during the slowest time on the NFL schedule, it's it just blows our mind. But Roman says – That's them, Chad. It is. That's all you guys out there doing that. So we appreciate the hell out of you. Here's Roman. Drew Locke's problems were well-documented in his draft profile. Atrocious under duress, sloppy, undisciplined footwork, staring down the safety, locking on to his primary target, and if it isn't there, he panics, resulting in throws into coverage and passes way off target. These are the same struggles he has in the NFL. I j- and by the way, as I read this, I'm thinking of the scouting reports on Patrick Mahomes, by the way, that it's uncanny. Very similar things yeah. said about Pat Mahomes coming out. Um, these are the same struggles he has in the NFL. I just don't see how people get it in their head that this is on Shermer, especially knowing nothing of what Shermer and Locke work on together. So the problem, Roman, that you're that you're having here is you're swaying into the uh, choppy waters of using absolutes in sports. Um, you know, one side has an argument, a husband and a wife, they're going at it. You know that the truth is somewhere in the middle regardless of who those two people are. And on an issue like this where you're trying to deduce, all right, why has Drew Locke fully failed to launch a mere 18 games into his NFL career? Uh, Is it because he's this big, you know, unpolished raw quarterback that, you know, or that just we knew what he is, he was never going to translate to the NFL? Or is it Pat Shermer? The answer is yes. It's both those things, all right? Drew had a lot to work on in the league. Pat Shermer definitely um, underachieved in year one as a Bronco. But then you miss out on multiple other factors that affected both the play caller, Zach, and the quarterback last year, which include, let us not forget, let me recount very quickly here. No OTAs. You lost a half season's worth of reps just by not having OTAs last year. All right, no preseason. The rep thing goes on. 
a really weird and truncated training camp. Guys, this, this was not a traditional training camp. They did not get the reps in training camp that you would normally get. Then he loses his number one receiver, Zach. Then he injures his right shoulder. You can go on. There, there are other factors in play as well. But at this stage, you know, we've said this so many times. It's like trying to, to preach to the converted and, oh, I got another fly, dude. I'm going to have to kill this thing. Uh, it's like preaching to the converted. Roman, it sounds like you already have a very dug-in position. And my advice to you on this would just simply be try to back off it a little bit and be open to new information. You know, let's see what happens with Drew. Well, Chad, I'll let you get the raid for a second and take care of that. But, Roman, it feels like we're having this, this same kind of argument here. And to your other comment that John pulled up, I believe it was John, who's putting, at least on this podcast, who's putting it 100% on Pat Shermer? I'm the biggest Pat Shermer critic out there. I'm one of the bigger lock supporters out there. I'm not hiding that fact either. But even I'm telling you, there were many, several factors at play last year. And I, I can't keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again. It was Drew Locke. It was Pat Shermer. It was the pandemic. It was injuries. It was having a tough schedule. And Chad, you know what I was thinking about today with the Von Miller news? You know how demoralizing it is to lose a franchise player days before the season opener when he just walks funny and that happens? That is demoralizing. That's a catastrophic um, uh, you know, impact on your locker room and on your team as well. So all those factors went into it, and they don't excuse anything that happened. It doesn't excuse how bad Drew Locke was at times. It doesn't excuse how bad Pat Shermer was at times, but it helps you explain why the Broncos offense as a whole collectively was so inept, was so off balance, did regress as the season went on. And yeah, Drew Locke does have the same at times, at times, that's the caveat, the same um, flaws and red flags that showed up in his draft profile, but color me shocked that a guy with 18, 19 career starts, whatever it is, has those flaws still coming out. I mean, he has less than two full seasons under his belt as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And again, quarterbacks take time, guys. Like Chad said, Patrick Mahomes, it, it reads eerily similar to that. And we're not comparing, but it takes time. And when you have a season, your first season as a starting quarterback, and you have all of those factors, all of them converging at once, that's the end result. It's not one or the other. It's not black or white. It's the entire color spectrum. When I was on Denver radio last week with Ben Albright, Ryan Edwards, I said the truly, and I, I did use our, our little phrase we coined on this show, all right, on Denver Airways, which is Drew Locke derangement syndrome or Locke derangement syndrome. I said those most afflicted by Locke derangement syndrome act as if this kid has done nothing but just like chill on the couch and watch Xbox play Xbox, excuse me, watch Netflix uh, since he was drafted. As and don't forget murder people in his spare time, Chad. Right. Either. I mean, like this dude has done nothing to warrant any kind of encouragement, optimism, support in fans. Like this dude has just been a colossal crap show from the second he, he donned the orange and blue, which could not be farther from the truth. And they both concurred. All right. It gets a little ridiculous here. Travis, sorry to hear that your identity theft uh, issue is an issue, my friend. Hopefully you got it figured out and got those accounts locked down. But don't worry about the stars, my friend. We know you're a legend. Thank you again. Ed Keating again, bro. Thanks. Put me down for fantasy. All right. Got you. List, the list is growing. You're in, Edward. All right. I'm uh, Okay. Here's one from Pete, one of our great supporters on Facebook. What's up, Peter Middleton? Who is the surprise contract extension? 
due to good play, like Purcell's last season. Interesting, because Purcell's definitely was a surprise. Like, I did not see that coming. Um, and it was unfortunate that, what was it, like one game later he was done for the year. It sucks, but who would it be, Zach? I mean, we know – let's look at who's in a contract year that are key guys, just real quick. Tim, Timmy P, Sutton, uh, Kareem, Kyle Fuller. Who am I missing? But who do you got in mind? I was going to say Chubb, and that's the obvious answer. I mean, if he, they have the fifth year option, but if they would want to probably lock him down if he has a dominant season. So if he plays like the 2018 Bradley Chubb, I think he's going to get paid. He would be the more likely recipient of that five year deal than Von Miller would be. And yeah, I was pointing because you mentioned him, uh, Tim Patrick. It probably won't be with the Broncos, but he's going to be good enough, and he is good enough right now to warrant a starting caliber contract with some NFL team. So you mentioned Sutton as well. I don't think Kareem Jackson is going to justify uh, an extension or some you know in-house deal before the season ends. And we're probably missing some folks there as well. Maybe isn't Malik Reed a free he's agent as well? Yeah. I mean, they have he's a lot a of edge rushing decisions to make as you know in the right. course of the next year. That's right. He is a restricted free agent. Wait, 1920. No, 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 no. He was an ERFA this year. So he would be a restricted next year, I believe. Yes, because Bob just did the article on it. So so Malik is a guy, though, it's still considered a contract year. Teams still would have control over him as an RFA, but he's in a contract year because there is no there is no contract post-2021. So I think Malik is actually rel- relative to what he was asking about a surprise. Right. You know, a guy that kind of – we could we could maybe uh, telegraph something happening for Chubb or Sutton, but a surprise guy that's a, that's a guy to consider, my friend. Josie Jewell, maybe Alexander Johnson is a, is probably another guy. Uh, less, I should say, more obvious would be less of a surprise if AJ ended up getting an extension in season. But Carlos, what's up, dude? We've missed you. Where you been, dog? Thank you for the super chat. He says Carnalitos, two things: you're awesome and go crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Is that your crazy? Uh, the best I can do. Show us your insane moment. <laughs> now, I was also going to say for surprise, maybe Bryce Callahan as well. I mean, he's been injured, but they have a stacked secondary. Now, you mentioned Kyle Fuller. That's another guy. If he plays like the all-pro we saw last year and he stays healthy, they might want to lock him down with an extension. Hey, looks like Manscaped owes us a commish. We got Garrett who says, hey, I just got my Manscaped razor today. Hey, it's cool. So Manscaped in this very moment right this second is not currently a, a Mile High Huddle, Huddle Up podcast sponsor, but they will be again when the football season rolls around. And they were great supporters of ours throughout all of last football season and well into. They were the official sponsor of our offseason NFL draft coverage here on the podcast. So we love, got nothing but love for Manscaped. They'll be back. Glad to hear you're patronizing the very companies that support the show. Yeah, I mean, there's you can ask some other podcasters out there. There's some products that they don't really like or use. They'll just be honest with you. Uh, I use Manscaped a lot. I know Chad does as well. It's a great product, and we can't wait to have them under our umbrella once again. Michaela, again, thank you, my friend. She says, will we re-sign Sutton? If so, will it be in the middle of the season? I think, Zach, personally, no the way. Broncos are going to look for any chance to sign him. When I say look for I mean, at the first sign of him saying, hey, I'm back, I'm the same old Sutton, if not better, I'm producing week in and week out, I think they'll look to give him a contract. But if I'm wrong on that, the reason I could be wrong is if he goes on to have a really good season and you don't see that surprise, extent, not surprise, but in-season extension, it's because 
they know they can control him in the offseason via the franchise tag. So they might want to see, hey, what kind of market does he have out there? And then, boom, slap him with the tag and keep him around one more year. So he's definitely a candidate. Definitely a candidate. I was going to say it might take until the middle of the season for Cortland Sutton to prove that he was the Cortland Sutton he was before the injury. And then from that point, the Broncos should want to see if he can sustain that play and keep you know, avoiding injury or avoiding setbacks with that lower body. And if he does that, I think he can earn a contract. But to be extended in the middle of the season, maybe if he didn't miss last season and he was the Cortland Sutton, then yeah. But after drafting Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, uh, you have Noah Fan obviously as well. They're going to probably wait it out knowing they have the franchise or trans- transition tag in 2022. Uh, Chase says, Drew will improve this year enough to beat Teddy and then make a playoff run to be determined. Yeah, it is to be determined. I think it's going to happen, but do I know this? No. You know, I'm a football priest. I'm not a, I'm not a uh, you know, football fortune teller. I don't have a crystal ball, all right? I think it's going to happen. I think you're going to see good things from Drew. But I also have a, a sneaking suspicion, Zach, that it's going to be tumultuous in that, you know, again, I don't think you're going to see Drew Locke come back to a training camp and all of a sudden look like this smooth operator just dominating what is a stacked, stacked secondary. I think you're going to continue to see that kind of up and down version of Drew, which then puts a very uh, tough situation or decision on the coaches who they're coaching for their jobs. So they want the safer bet, but at the same time, they know you can't win a division going safer bet when you got Pat Mahomes to contend with. You got to swing for the fences. So I think you're going to see some quarterback changes in the season, but when it's all said and done, I think Locke emerges on top and ends up having the type of season where the very fans right now that are questioning him, maybe they don't completely turn tail and and go to the opposite end of the spectrum, but they're no longer the boo birds in the stands. You know, it's going to be for one side or the other because it's a 50-50 split in Broncos country. It's either pro-Teddy or pro-Lock or a little Aaron mixed in there as well. But the same game plan revolves around the quarterbacks taking care of the football, doing enough to help the team win, not put the defense in bad positions, not give the other team opportunities to score touchdowns and, and, and lose the game for them. If they can just be good, I, we keep saying this almost every podcast, almost every year, if the Broncos quarterback, whoever it may be, can just be competent, can just be good with this defense, and again, everything else lining up for them for Denver this coming season, and everyone kind of feels that right now. Von Miller said this is the best team we've had in years. He's, uh, you have other players speaking out about how it's been too long since they've been to the postseason. You can feel it. And all the Broncos need from their quarterback, no matter who it is, is just competency and mostly turnover-free play. So the same the same agenda and the same directive goes for either quarterback. And if they can meet that, Chad and I and a lot of people out there think they can reach double-digit wins and then some. Will it be Drew Locke, as Jerry surmises here? Maybe. Maybe Drew's that surprise guy. But I doubt it because this, ain't a, this is not a contract year for him. So... Um, All right, one more where to go from uh, Dale, and then we'll get out of here for tonight. Uh, Dale Hendricks, what's up, brother? Thanks for your support. He says, uh, big shout-out to Nick and Scott. I keep oversleeping. So maybe he thinks this message is going to get to Broncos for breakfast. We'll do our best to pass it on to him, Dale, because I know they look forward to chatting with you every single Tuesday and Thursday morning. So we'll pass that on. Thank you for the super chat, brother. Zach, with that – Oh, Michaela says, my Italy won the European Soccer Cup. Congratulations. That's great to hear. Um, 
All right, one from Travis, and then we're going. Okay, do you think Calvin Anderson has a chance to be our starting right tackle? Mm. Does he have a chance? Yeah. Is it a is it a good chance? Is it a fair chance? Yeah. Is it is he a front runner? No. No, no, no. This is set up for Cam Fleming and Bobby Massey. In order for Calvin to be the starting right tackle, I think you'd have to see an injury, unfortunately, befall one, if not both of those guys. But he has a shot. You know, if you get to training camp and you're dominating, coaches will go your way. But follow the money, guys. Where did the money go this offseason? Didn't go to Calvin. Went to Bobby. Went to Cam. Yeah, I, I think for that scenario to play out, Travis, either Calvin Anderson would have to be really good or Massey and Fleming would have to be really bad. And the latter is possible, but I don't see the former happening. He is what he is right now. He's a Mike Munchak project, and until proven otherwise, and I'm sorry, John, I know you're a big CA fan, Calvin Anderson. I just think he's going to be stationed as a backup. There's a reason why the Broncos reacted to Juwan James' release and injury by signing two other veteran guys. That's the last weak link on a rebuilt pretty good offensive line, and they don't want the right tackle messing up with inexperience. So I think either Massey, preferably, I don't want Fleming starting. One of them will be the starting tackle. And if an injury arises and Calvin Anderson is the direct backup, then obviously he'll see some starts. But going into week one, I have my money on Bobby Massey, but it could be Fleming as well. Same here. Same here. All right, guys, that's going to do it for tonight's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. Thanks to each and every one of you for joining us. Mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars and our superstar supporters on Facebook. We love each and every one of you. Zach, great to have you back in the saddle, brother. Uh, We're off tomorrow night, but we'll be back Wednesday. Looking forward to having Stu on the show. And with that, dude, sign us off. Yes, sir. Thanks for everyone for tuning in tonight. I know it's the All-Star Game, so we appreciate you watching us during that. Be sure, guys, if you haven't already, to follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account at Mile High Huddle on Twitter. You can follow Chad on Twitter, as you can see, at Chad and Jensen. You can follow me at Kelberman NFL. Please, guys, follow our producer, Buana Beast, at John K M H H. Also, Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Click the like button, follow the page, keep up to date with the podcast on the network. Also, facebook.com slash Huddle. Big blue button. We have three uh, VIP content shows now with Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone. I promise you guys it's worth it and more coming as well. Go to, if you haven't already, huddleuppod.com and get your swag. More stuff being you know added to that store as well coming soon. We appreciate your patronage. But as always, if you don't do any of those things, please take five seconds and follow three steps. The first step is subscribe. The second is like. And the third is share. Helps us grow more than you know exponentially, as my partner in crime likes to say. But we are off until Wednesday. Tomorrow is Building the Broncos. Be sure to check that out. But take care, guys. We'll see you Wednesday, 6 o'clock. Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.